Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Well, good morning, Word of Life. How is everybody today? Wow, very convincing for sure. Uh, well, I, my name is John. I am the online pastor. And for me, it's always a pleasure and an honor to have the opportunity uh, to preach and to talk to you about something that God has put in my heart today. Uh, when pastor asked me a couple of weeks ago if I could preach today, I asked him, hey, what do you want me to preach on? And he was like, you know, whatever is in your heart. So I was like, okay. So I asked God, and and God gave me two things. He gave me a Bible verse, and then he gave me a title. And if if you don't know me yet, uh, I am from Colombia, and so hence the accent is a little bit weird. Uh, I am the son of my parents who are missionaries in Colombia. I am married to Carolina, and all of that adds on to uh, who I am as a person, and, and the reason I say it is because uh, God gave me a title for this message that comes from a movie. And, and the movie, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the movie is Nacho Libre. Uh, and so it, so it kind of catches people off guard because you're expecting me to say like the passion of the Christ or something like that. Uh, but it, it was Nacho Libre, and it's the part where, if you don't know, Nacho is a priest who wants to become a luchador, uh, and he wants to make money so that he can feed his orphans. And so he, he needs a teammate. He finds this guy in an alley whose name is Esqueleto, and he wants to convince him to be a part of the team. And so he actually ambushes him with a few chips, the Lord's chips, if you will, if you know the movie. And he goes in and tackles Esqueleto, and they fight a little bit. And he's like, don't you want to be part of the team? And he's like, no, I don't want to be part of the team. It's like, I don't like that. And so then Nacho just stands up. He's infuriated, and he just stares at him. And he tells him, aren't you tired of getting dirt kicked in your face? And then here comes the title of the message. He says, don't you want to taste of the glory? See what it tastes like. And that is the message that God put in my heart. Don't you want a taste of the glory? Does anyone here want a taste of the glory? The the reasoning behind this title is is the same reasoning why Nacho was so frustrated. Because there comes a time and place in your life where we're, you just have to be frustrated with the status quo, where you just have to be frustrated with the way things are going, with, with their bad news being all the time, and that's what's winning, and that's what's selling. It's always bad, where, where as Christians, we don't live out a peace that passes all understanding. We cope with stress. That as Christians, you know, we, we, we are sorrowful because of things that are happening in life instead of having a joy that is just, it's just above and just beyond whatever you can think of. It's inexpressible and full of glory. Don't you want a taste of the glory? See what it tastes like. John 10.10, it says, Jesus is speaking to his disciples 
And I'm finding that the book of John is very interesting for a lot of things. Uh, it's just very deep. John 10, 10, Jesus says that the thief does not come but only to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but that Jesus has come to give us life and life in abundance or an abundant life. And when I read that, that, that gets me excited because I, I know the purpose for Jesus coming on earth is to give me an abundant life. But sometimes I fail to grasp what that truly means because for me, abundance might mean something that doesn't really grasp the whole meaning of abundance. See, Jesus, when he came to this earth, he wanted to fill your life not with things only, but he wanted to to give you things that money could never buy. He wanted you to achieve things that your hustle and your habits could never achieve. He wanted you to obtain things and receive things from God that no man could give and that no man could take away. It's far beyond what you can attain. It's everything that God wants to give to you. See, and what are these things? It is a peace that passes all understanding. It's a point where you can be pressed but not crushed in life. Where you might be persecuted but you're not abandoned. It's a place where you might be taken down but you're never destroyed. Because you live for him. Not only that, but because you have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Now who is this Holy Spirit? John, it speaks about it again in the book of John. John chapter 16 verse 7 if I'm mistaken, John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he tells them, it is best for me to go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, I can send the advocate to you. Now, if you're a disciple in this moment, uh, at least this is how I think. If I'm a disciple at the moment, Jesus is like, hey guys, I have to go, but trust me, it's gonna be better for you. I would stop him right there. I'd be like, actually, since you've came into my life, it's been really good. And I kind of don't want you to leave because I know what my life was without you, Jesus. And now you're saying that it's better for me if you leave? Trust me, it's not. Because when we're hungry, all we have to give you is bread and you multiply. If I owe taxes, all I have to, take you, all I have to do is take you fishing. And then in the fish, we'll find coins to pay the IRS so that they stop talking to me. Like, listen, Jesus, I need, you healed my mother-in-law. Who does that? These are the disciples talking, not John. And so it, it comes... They, they come to this point where Jesus is talking. It's like, hey, I'm going to leave you. You know, Not only am I going to die and then resurrect, but I, I, once I resurrect, I'm going to leave you. But he says, but it is better for you, for me to leave, so that you can receive the advocate. Now, who is this advocate? Who is this helper? It's the Holy Spirit. See, he is the gift of Jesus to all of us. And why is that? Because Jesus knew that in this life, not only we were going to have problems, but that because we were going to have problems, we were going to need a helper. How many are thankful for the Holy Spirit and for the help of the Holy Spirit? Uh, I, I sometimes equate the help or compare the help of the Holy Spirit with the help of my wife, for example. So the, the, I, I am a completely different person before and after marrying Carolina. Like literally from the clothes I wear to the beard that I used to have to the hair that used to be on top of my head. It's all changed for the better because I now have a helper. That where I wake up and where I'm thinking I'm just going to preach with a hoodie and that's going to be it. Then comes my helper, if you will, and she's like, actually, you would look better with a tie, right? In the name of Jesus. Like it's 
it's it's great that I have a helper, but when Carolina, but Jesus knew that just like I needed help and he brought me Carolina in life, we were going to need the helper who is the Holy Spirit, who is the personal expression of God in each and every one of our lives. Actually, the word spirit in Hebrew is the word ruah. And in Greek is the word pneuma. And if you just give me a few minutes, I, I want to teach today. Uh, not, not only I want to inspire you and motivate you, but I, I want to teach. And the reason why I bring in these two words that sound weird is because it's interesting what the expression of spirit actually means. Now, these two words, both in Greek and in Hebrew, are onomatopoeic. So that's a big word. And what is an onomatopoeia? It's a, it's a word that describes a sound that an object, an animal, or a person makes. So for example, bark. Bark is an onomatopoeia because it not only is what the sound, it sounds like the sound that a dog makes, right? Buzz, quack. I don't know what else onomatopoeic words there are, but ra and panoma are the same. And the meaning behind these words is the expression or the sound that God makes as he breathes into each and every one of our lives. And it's the spirit that we receive. That as surely as you breathe, the spirit lives inside of you and wants to do something great that only God has planned for your life. So if Jesus says it is better for us to have the Holy Spirit, if the Spirit is the true expression of God in each and every one of our lives, then let's find out who is the Holy Spirit. Because it's not only, Jesus didn't only bring us salvation, but he also sends us the Holy Spirit. So who is this? And if you're like me, uh, when I think about the Holy Spirit, I think about some pretty weird stuff sometimes. And, and, and let's be honest, because it's happened before. I grew up in the Pentecostal church. And it's like the Pentecostal church where, where like you're running and shouting. And sometimes you don't even know why you're running and shouting. But we're running and shouting because that's what we do because we're Pentecostal. And like it's just fun and it's exciting. And I'm all about that. But, but when I think about the move of the Holy Spirit... Um, I, I remember when I was a kid and, and we'd have these moments where the Holy Spirit gets to moving in the church and people are shouting, screaming, there's people running. And then my dad at the end of it all is like, hey, invite people next week. And in my mind, I was like, I'm not inviting anyone to this church because my friends already think I'm weird. If they come to this church, then they'll know that I'm weird. And I kind of have to like, keep, you know, keep that separate. But the move of the Holy Spirit is so much more than an experience. It's the personal expression of God in your life. It's everything that God wants to do for you, through you, with you, in your life. How many of us here want that to happen? That God moves in our lives, that God moves for us, that God moves with us. Are we here today? So the Holy Spirit, we find him in Genesis 1, chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. It's the first time we see who the Holy Spirit is. And the Bible says, and we all know what the first verse of the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But then it says, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So now we see the first time the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Bible, is right before the whole creation of the universe happens. 
And if, if you start reading into it in Genesis chapter 1, you see that as God speaks, the Holy Spirit moves. And as the Holy Spirit moves, everything that God speaks comes to life. And so now we see two things that the Holy Spirit does. And I want us to, to grasp this because this is the same two things that the Holy Spirit does every time he moves. Number one, the Holy Spirit, when he moves in Genesis chapter one, he brings order and form to chaos. So that what was once chaotic and without form and just empty, the Holy Spirit comes and brings order to it. And the Holy Spirit comes and brings form to it. Isn't that what happened when we received Jesus in our life? To where we had no form or we, we had no order we had no idea where we were going but once you receive Jesus into your life and the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you you now have an order you now have a purpose you now have a reason to live and it's Jesus so the Holy Spirit creates the universe in six days because God spoke and so he moved and he did it and he brings order and he brings form into this life. Imagine what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Imagine the order. Imagine what he wants to form in your life if you allow him to move today. Well, number two, what the Holy Spirit does in Genesis chapter one is he brings fullness from emptiness. And I love this because the Holy Spirit is not only capable of taking what's in your life and making it better or taking what's in your life and giving it form and making it more ordered and just giving it, you know, perspective. But the Holy Spirit is also powerful enough to create stuff out of nothing. He doesn't need a good decision or a bad decision. He doesn't, need, he doesn't need your good habits or your bad habits. All he needs is for the word to be spoken and for him to move to even create something out of nothing. That is how powerful the Holy Spirit is. And he wants to move in each and every one of our lives. Now we're talking about the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus said, hey guys, I'm going to leave because I want you guys to have the Holy Spirit. So the person of the Holy Spirit whom Jesus sent to us, whom he personally asked God, he went up to heaven and was like, God, I need you to send them the Holy Spirit. And he did. And the Holy Spirit, when he moves in your life, wants to bring order wants to bring form, wants to bring fullness to your emptiness, to where he wants to bring fullness to a space in your life that nothing else in this world could ever fill. That is who the Holy Spirit is. And I want to challenge you today to contend for a move of the Holy Spirit in your life, to where it's not an expression where we have just church and we shout and scream, but to where it's a supernatural expression where people notice that there is something different in your life because where there was emptiness now there is fullness where there was chaos in your life now there is order and there is form and it had nothing to do with what you were doing it has everything to do with what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life and we see this all throughout the Old Testament you see a pattern forming in the Old Testament where we find Joseph for example actually let's read that Psalms 104 it says when you give them your breath 
life is created. And you renew the face of the earth. See, the psalmist David understood, and he knew this exactly, that when you receive the Holy Spirit, new life is created. I am so thankful today for the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Listen, I am not smart enough. I am not gifted enough. I don't have the sufficient IQ to survive this world by myself. Jesus knew this, and that is why he sent the Holy Spirit. To give you a simple example, yesterday I had written the message. I just wanted to go meditate. So I get on my bike and I just go and I usually take the Natchez Trace and just go. I usually do it in the morning. So when it's in the morning, it's all sunny. I don't really take a light or anything to put behind my bike. But this was the afternoon. It had just rained. And I'm riding and, and as I start riding, just something starts telling me inside, turn back. But I'm just thinking, I'm just lazy. I'm like, I'm just going to push forward. So I keep going. Again, I just can't get it off my mind. Turn back, turn back, turn back. I'm like, I'm not turning back. You know, I'm going to move forward. And so I, I keep biking. And all of a sudden, 30 minutes in, a truck comes by me and he stops. And he's, he's like, as, we're, as I'm riding, he's talking to me. And he's like, hey, I can't see you on the road. It's too dark. If you don't have a light, someone is going to hit you. So I'm not dumb. Uh, and so as I'm riding, I'm like, I, I look down and, and I see what I'm wearing. And it's like, not, right now, it's super funny. In the moment, it was kind of scary because I see what I'm wearing and I'm wearing black with green. And it's like leafy green. It's like camo green. It's like literally like I'm riding through a forest with camouflage on, going through a, a highway, having cars go by 60 miles an hour. And I'm just like, I'm just not going to go back. I'm like, no, the Holy Spirit. I thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit who was talking to me. He noticed I wasn't going to listen and he sent the truck. I know it was him. And here I am alive, and this is my testimony, no one died. Like it's, it's, and it's just, it's a simple testimony. But the, the idea behind it is I want to express how much we need the Holy Spirit. And, and you need the, trust me, there is no perfect life or perfect habit or perfect worth, work ethic that can help you survive this life. Even Jesus said that in this life you will have trouble. But take heart because he has overcome this world and everything that comes with Jesus, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, is here to help you overcome. So we see this pattern forming in the Old Testament. Since the beginning, God created and the Holy Spirit moves. We see the story of Joseph. And if you know Joseph, Joseph is the son of Jacob. He is the favorite son and this causes problems in his family. His brothers don't like that he is the favorite, and so they sell him into slavery, as apparently brothers did back then. And so, so he's sold into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house. He's doing good. Something happens. He's sent to jail. And then from jail, he ends up in Pharaoh's courts as like the top guy. And this is what Pharaoh has to say about Joseph. Genesis 41, 38. Genesis 41, 38 says, So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Joseph was so successful in his life, no matter where he was placed. But Pharaoh recognized that it was not because he was so smart. It was because of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say the Holy Spirit. 
Well, just say it. Get, get used to it. The Holy Spirit. I mean, the, the Bible says we are temples of the Holy Spirit. It means he lives in you right now. He is here and he is present and he wants to move. And he wants to move in your favor. He wants to move in such a way where people recognize, oh, that there is something about that person because we know people are not that smart. And yet, Pharaoh, a man that was not Christian, a man that did not know God, he recognized that Joseph was doing so good because he had the Holy Spirit living inside of him to a point where he asked the rest of his officials, is there anyone else that is filled with the Spirit that can do what he does? We need more people to be filled with the Spirit to do what only God can do in this land. But it wasn't only Joseph. We see it also in the life of Daniel. Daniel is expressed that he was 10 times smarter than the rest of his people. Babylon had come in. They had taken him captive, him and a few friends. It says that he was 10 times smarter. And then it says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. See, there's another king, King Nebuchadnezzar, and he also recognized that, listen, Daniel, he does so good, not because he is so good. He does so well because of the spirit that lives inside of him. I want this to be our testimony, that as we move forward in life, as we achieve new things, that it is because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that it is not just because we're so good or we're so work-minded or because you're one specific number on the anagram, but it's because you have been filled with the Spirit and you are able to do what only God helps you to do to a point where when people see your life and they're like, what is it? You cannot take the glory. To a point where people ask you, why are you where you are at? And then you're like, it's because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. Because I do not have the education to take me to this place. I do not have the will to take me to this place. But I do have the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, he has brought fullness to my emptiness. He has brought form to my chaos. And he has placed me in a place of communion with God. Because everything the Holy Spirit does since the beginning is not only to make you look good, but it's to create communion with God. To a point, if you see it, when he created the heavens and the earth, he creates Adam and Eve, and then they both walk with God. To a point where Joseph does so well in life that then Pharaoh is like, hey, we need to worship his God. To a point where Daniel excels in everything he does. To the point where Nebuchadnezzar is like, you know, everyone stop worshiping what you're worshiping. We got to worship the, the God of Daniel because it is only him that deserves worship. I wonder, when will it come, when will the time come where people see our life and want to worship God? Don't you want a taste of the glory? In the words of Nacho Libre, see what it tastes like. We see the life of Joseph, we see the life of Daniel, we see the life of David. Now David is probably the king with most accolades in the history of Israel. And, and David... He writes most of the Psalms. He is incredible in public speaking. He's an incredible writer, speaker. And even he has to admit that this is not because of him. 
He admits in 2 Samuel 23, verse 2, he says, The Spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His words are upon my tongue. So even what you speak can be guided by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Celtics used to describe the Holy Spirit like a wild goose. So it's kind of weird as I'm reading this. Celtic culture is an interesting culture, but when they would describe the Holy Spirit, they would describe him as a wild goose. Literally, the phrase a wild goose chase for them was following after the Holy Spirit. And the reason why they, they, they compared the Holy Spirit to geese was because as history writes, there was this nation in France called the Gauls, and they were going to attack and invade Rome. And they actually had the element of surprise. No one knew that they were going to attack. And they had enough people to take over Rome. And so the night that they were going to attack, all of Rome was asleep. And as they're marching through the land, ready to take over Rome, what happens? A flock of geese is rattled because they can hear, they can see, apparently, I didn't know this, Animal Planet has taught me that geese have a keen sense of smell and they can smell better than most animals and they can smell humans. It's weird. And they smell thousands of humans coming to kill all of these other humans and they just start squawking and they just start flying around making a ruckus and making a noise to the point where it wakes up the Roman army. The Roman army is awake. They see that they're about to be attacked and the eternal city of Rome is saved. And so when the Celtics hear this story, they're like, you know, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit can wake you. The Holy Spirit is disruptive. The Holy Spirit is wild, but the Holy Spirit is necessary in your life. Because the devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But it is the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit that has kept you alive up until this point. It's not how smart you've been. It's not how, how you've tried to avoid problems. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that has you here alive and well right now now and I'm not saying that you, you're out of problems but even in the midst of problems as you have the Holy Spirit how many are thankful for the Holy Spirit I, I think about this all the time even my personal testimony of the past year to where literally a year ago 365 days ago I was working at a warehouse and God put it in our heart, I felt the Holy Spirit talk to me at the warehouse, and he said, by the end of August, you're going to be debt-free. So at that moment, I look up, I'm like, I'm packing boxes, and I look up, I'm like, do you know how much we owe? Because it's a lot. And there was no response, so I go and tell Carolina. I'm like, Carito, the Holy Spirit tells me we're going to be debt-free by August. And I love Carolina because he's like, all right, well, great. And so she even believes more than I do because in my mind, I'm like, and we're about to see what happens. Uh, if you laugh, it's because you're probably the same and I love you for it. And so I'm working and nothing really spectacular happens. In my mind, I was like, well, if I'm going to be debt free, then I have options ready. So I was like, well, so I can get a raise. I can become the boss if you, if thy will is for me to be a boss, I will accept it, right? Or, I mean, some great aunt can die and I can just inherit a bunch of money. Whatever you want, Lord. And so I would walk in the warehouse and I'd be like, yeah, I'm about to be the boss of this. Like, hello, your future boss in the name of Jesus, right? And 
But none of that would happen. I would come back home and Carolina would be like, hey, you know, something happened. I'm like, no, not yet, but I'm still believing. And, and yes, and, and when August came, the, I think it was the 30th of August, we were in Seminole, Texas. I said Lubbock, Texas, but we were actually in Seminole, Texas. And, and I, I'm calling to make this final payment. And then I realized, oh my gosh, we are debt free. And no crazy check like came in. What it was was just a bunch of mini steps and things that the Holy Spirit guided us to do consistently, constantly, to the point where it was the 30th of August and I made my final payment. It was this doctor's bill. And I look at Carolina, I'm like, we are debt free. And like, I, I get super emotional all the time. I'm like, I never doubted you, Lord. I, and I'm thanking him. And, and Carolina's like excited. And to think about that from a year ago to where we are now, from a warehouse to word of life, <laughs> it's only God that can do something like that. Because there is not, and, and listen, we live and we come to a church that has testimony after testimony after testimony. Think about the video that we just saw about we're about to pay off Highland Colony. And that's a miracle. But the miracle of Highland Colony is just crazy. I remember being at the warehouse, taking five minutes to check my phone. And I'm following Pastor Joel on Instagram. And he's posting this new place. And he's like, hey, guys, you know how he is. He's like, hey, guys, we're here in this new place. If you don't follow him, follow him. Because it's, it's entertaining. And you'll be informed of a lot about the church. And, and so I'm there. So I text him. I was like, are you guys in a different building? Like, and in my heart and in my mind, I'm like, COVID's got you bad, right? Like you've had to downsize now to another building. I'm like, I'm, how can I pray for you? And he was like, no, actually, they gave us a church. And so I'm like, stop. No one gives a church. Like people start churches. People in, like take over churches. Stuff like that. No one gives a church. And he was like, no, literally someone gave us a church in a great place, in a great part of town. Like everything. I was like. Yeah, but what's the catch? It's like, well, the catch is we got to start pastoring now. And that's it. I'm like, sometimes we just take for granted what the Spirit has done in our life and in our church. And we think that the Spirit can only do that for a church when in all reality, the Holy Spirit was sent as a personal expression for each and every one of us. So it's not only for what God can do for the church. It's literally what the Holy Spirit wants to do through your life. And we come to the New Testament. So we've seen, we've seen these things happen in the Old Testament. And as you're reading the Old Testament, you start to realize that it wasn't David and Goliath, you know, the, the battle of David and Goliath where David's a little kid and he slings this rock and it hits Goliath. It wasn't his proficiency with the slingshot. It was the Holy Spirit guiding that rock. It wasn't that the people of Israel had just these terrible voices that could take down walls. It was the Holy Spirit that as they gave glory to God, taking down the walls of Jericho. It wasn't Daniel being the lion whisperer. It was actually Daniel in the lion's den praising God and the Holy Spirit moves and shuts the mouths of lions. See, it wasn't Elijah. He wasn't a marathon runner. He was just so fast he can outrun horses. It says that the Spirit of God came upon Elijah and he outran the horses and he outran the king's chariots. See, there is something that happens supernatural in your life when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and when you let him move. 
Don't you want a taste of the glory? We see in the New Testament where Peter, he's at this place where Jesus has just been taken. He's by this fireplace and he gets scared from a little girl. Now, to be fair, I do not know who this little girl was. I don't know how ugly she was, how demonic she was. I mean, she could have been Chucky. I don't know. But the reason behind it is, like, Peter's there and this girl asked the simplest question. He's like, aren't you a disciple of Jesus? And Peter gets scared. He's like, I am not a disciple of Jesus. He's like, well, you kind of talk like a disciple of Jesus. And so then he starts cussing to literally show, I'm not a disciple of Jesus. He gets so scared, he leaves, and the rooster crows. It just gets, it gets awkward in the moment because Jesus is passing by, and they make eye contact. It's terrible. But then you see a couple chapters later, Peter is standing up in front of 5,000 people. It's the day of Pentecost. 5,000 people that have the legal right to kill him, and he is not scared anymore. What is the difference between Peter by the fireplace, scared from a little girl, and Peter in front of a multitude of people that could literally kill him at that moment? The difference was he was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see it the same way with the rest of the disciples, that the night that Jesus was taken, the 11 of the 12 disciples fled, scared. And then if you ever go to Italy and you have the chance to see the 16th chapel, from everything that you could see, you see the lives of the disciples depicted in the 16th chapel, specifically of how they died. So the same disciples that had fled were now filled with the Spirit, and they were so endued with power that you see him end up in India, in Spain, in, in, in different places, preaching the gospel, dying for the cause with the boldness that only God can give him. See, God wants to do in your life something that expresses the power of God in your life. He wants to promote you in places where people notice, hey, can we get more people that are filled with the Spirit like you? Because we need more people like this. I, I, I want to challenge you in this morning to contend for the move of the Spirit in your life to contend for more of him in your life, for him to be real in your life, just like he was real in the life of Peter and the life of the disciples, to the point where they did not even care how hard life got because they were filled with the Spirit, that they were willing to die for him. That Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we now have this light shining in our hearts. He's talking about the Spirit. It says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. And he goes on to one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He said, because we have the Holy Spirit, we can now, verse 8 says, we can now be under pressure, but we will not be crushed. We can be perplexed, but not driven to despair. It, the Bible says we can be persecuted, but we know we are not abandoned. It says that we can be taken down, but we are not destroyed. That even though you have a past, now your scars speak about a beautiful God that is a redeeming God that takes you out of whatever you've been through and now sets your feet on solid ground where you can now give God glory, that you can now show 
show people what I've been through, but now you can show them where you're at and you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are an overcomer because of what the Spirit has done. It's not my work habits. It's not my work ethic. It's not my hustle. It's not my habits. It's the Holy Spirit inside of me. And that is why when I talk about my life, I want him to have all the glory. Because there is nothing that I've done. It's all about him. But in the words of Nacho, again, don't you want a taste of the glory? See, I'm tired of just talking about testimonies from the past. I'm literally convicted about this. I was having lunch with Pastor Luke and Alex the other day. I just started telling them about this story that I love about when I saw the Holy Spirit move and a bunch of kids, and we, in Colombia, we had a youth group, and we had a youth conference, and we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And kind of to give you a context of Colombia, there's a bunch of different, like, armies. So there's the government army, there's the paramilitaries, there's the guerrillas. It, the guerrillas are not the banana-eating ones, the shooting ones. And, and there's just a bunch of different armies, right? And, and because of that, there's actually a brigade of the army that's called El Batallón de la Sanidad, which what it means is the Battalion of Healing. And it's when you're hurt because of a bomb going off or a mine going off in your leg or being shot or stuff like that, you now become part of this battalion. It's just a battalion where you're in the army and you're hurt, but you can still do things. I get a call from the commander of this battalion. He's like, hey, can I take some of my kids over to the youth group? And I'm like, sure. And I told him, wait, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And I'm expecting the miraculous. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Bible says that Jesus was saying that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And the truth, we know that when we know the truth, it'll set us free. That when you know that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and you yield to the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into a truth that you've been looking for that will actually set you free. So I'm preaching, I'm preaching about the Holy Spirit. I feel led to pray for healing. And so I even feel led to have some kids come up and for them to pray. Because this is not about a preacher, this is not about a pastor. This is about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can move in anyone that yields to Him. So I'm like, all right, come up. But in my mind, it's a youth group, it's a youth conference. There's, There's a lot of people, but in my mind, we're like, we're gonna cast out sinus infection right like in my mind we're gonna we're gonna pray for headaches and it's just gonna like it's gonna be low-key and we're gonna win but then I noticed that some of these kids from the healing battalion start limping up and so I'm like oh my gosh I'm like pray faster pray faster right like let's try to finish this before they come down to where they come down I was like you should have come before I mean but they come and I'm scared to pray for them because I'm honest I'm a human and so I see it as like, that's impossible because these guys are blind, don't have legs. Like it's, it's intense. So I'm praying here for sinus infection. I'm like in the name, you know, but like over there, it's like, oh my gosh. So I asked two kids, can you pray for them? One of them was Johan. I remember it because Johan was like, all right. And he, he knew the Holy Spirit's in me. So he goes and prays. I'm praying. Da, 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 da. And I hear an uproar. It's one of the most beautiful moments of my life because I hear just praise going on. There's hundreds of kids on that side, jumping, jumping. And I see Johan, he comes running towards me. He's got glasses. He's like, and he doesn't even know what to say. He's just like, ah, 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 ah. And so I'm like, what, what, what? 
And he's like, ah. so I, I kind of like, I noticed. I'm like, was he blind? He's like, yeah. Can he see? Yeah. I'm like, yes, I never doubted. Let's see it. We go in, and this kid is crying. He's standing up. He's just crying. So I, I go to talk to him. He's like, what happened? He's like, actually, my eye was shot out. I had no eye. And now I have an eye. And I'm like, you had no eye? Like you could stick your finger? And he was like, you could, like, no eye whatsoever. And now I, like, literally, I saw his eye. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But what's cool to me was the guy right beside him. He had crutches. I didn't know what he had yet. <laughs> he had crutches, and he saw his friend. He knew his friend's story. They had fought together. And he looks at him, and he throws his crutches, and he starts walking. So I see this happen. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I grab the crutches, and we're, like, praising God. And so I bring him up to the front, and we're going to do the whole thing of, like, what happened? Really? Oh, praise God. And, and then he tells me the story where he was shot a couple of times and the mind had gone off. And so he had a metal rod in his leg. He couldn't bend it. And now he was bending it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And to me, the best part was, well, hopefully you understand. This is not the best part, but it's just very funny. They start cussing on stage. And so I'm like, what is happening? Like, and then I notice they're not Christian. Like they, they haven't received Christ. The Holy Spirit was moving. He did the miraculous. He did what only God can do. He showed him how good God was. Now they just have to receive Christ. Because isn't that what the Holy Spirit does? He brings order to chaos. He brings fullness into the emptiness of people's lives. And he creates a space to have communion with God. So they receive Christ. And I'm, I'm telling this story in lunch and I'm convicted because I'm like, I'm happy that has happened in my life, but I want it to continue to happen in my life. And then God told me right there in lunch, then just yield to the spirit. Let the spirit do what only he can do. And how do we do this? Psalms 24, and I'll be finished. Psalms 24 says, verse 7, open up. Just those two words. Open up. Come on, say it with me. Open up. You have to open up. You can't expect God to move in a schedule that is so closed that there's not even time to have communion with him. Open up. Maybe, maybe it's time to take a Saturday to just open up to him. Open up, you ancient gates. Come on, open up, you ancient doors. And let the king of glory come in. Who is this king of glory? Come on, who is this king of glory? Come on, let open up and let the king of glory come in. Open up your mouth and just give him praise. Open up your life and just say, king of glory, come into my life. Who is this king of glory? He is the Lord strong and mighty. He is the Lord mighty in battle. Come on, open up. Come on, open up. Open up. Is there someone here today that has the, the valor, the courage to just open up their mouth and say, Holy Spirit, move in my life. Move in my life. 
If you did it before, do it again. Let this not be a story from the past. Let this be my continual story that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me and gives life to my mortal body. Open up, open up, open up. Don't you want a taste of the glory? If you want a taste of the glory, open up. Come on, open up. Is there someone here that can just give him praise? Is there someone here that can just open up their mouth? Say, Jesus, move. Holy Spirit, move. Hallelujah. Come on. The Holy Spirit is not just an expression. It's not just an experience. He is a person that wants to move. If you only open up, come on, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives inside of you to where the supernatural might be amazing, but it shouldn't be surprising to where you hear about healings, to where you hear about deliverance, to where you hear about testimonies and you know it's the Holy Spirit to where you know, oh, that's because we move in the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's because the same spirit that created the universe lives inside of me. I am don't get excited just to get excited. I get excited because I know that if he lives in me, what can God do? Come on. If you believe, Jesus said, you will see the glory of God. Don't you want a taste of the glory? Open up. Come on, open up. Hallelujah. Father, we give you glory and we open up our lives. We open up this place. We open up this space for you to move, for you to do what only you can do. Open up. I might go full Colombian on you. I'm sorry. But I want you you to grasp this. May we open up our lives. David knew this. That's why he said, open up ancient gates and let the king of glory come in. All you need to do is yield. All you need to do is let him do what only he can do and expect the miraculous. Expect it. Come on, I feel, I feel this strong and we're going to finish, but I feel this strong in my heart. Expect what only God can do in your life. See, we, we live in this life where we, we see our budget and we say, and that's great. It's great to be good stewards. And when we see our life and we see our habits and our hustle and what we read and what we do, and then we, we expect a certain outcome. But we serve a God that is more than enough. Now unto him who can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can even ask or think. See, we serve a God that can do even more than what you're asking for in your prayer life. We serve a God that can do even more than what can fit in your mind. We serve a God that can do the impossible because what's impossible for man is still possible for him. So forgive me if I get excited, but I see a group of people that as we yield testimonies, Come on, testimonies of the miraculous. Come on, testimonies. We're not only going to be talking about what John David said, we can talk about what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life. I expect it and I believe it in the name of Jesus. So open up. Everyone say that. Open up. Come on, say it again. Open up. 
God, as you go your way, open up. As you're in your car, open up. As you're back home, open up. Let the King of glory come in. Don't you want a taste of the glory? See what it tastes like. Now, if you're here, first step into all of this is to let Jesus come into your life. The Bible says it's, it's, it's very a simple prayer. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that he raised from the dead, then we will be saved. And what that is, is that that starts a relationship with God where you can now receive everything that God has for you. That abundant life that we talked about at the beginning, he's all about that. And he wants that for you. He died and prepared a way for you. All you have to do is accept it. So if you're online right now, or if you're here in this room right now, all you got to do is accept it. He, he is a, a, the distance of a prayer away from wherever you are. So I want to lead you in a prayer, but I want to ask first, is there anyone here that wants to receive Christ in their life? Is there anyone right now online that would want to receive Christ in your life? This is the best decision you could ever make. This is the decision that precedes miracles. It's the decision that precedes the miraculous. It's the best decision of our life. That we may be filled with him. That Jesus comes in, restores our life, brings that fullness. And now we can be led into everything he's prepared. Is there anyone here? If you're here today and want to make this prayer, I want to lead you in this prayer. Just raise your hand wherever you are. See a couple of people raising their hands. Come on. This is awesome. Oh, let's give them a, 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 a applause right now. Before. That's cool. If you're online, I know there is a chat link. But you can also text request to 313131. Sorry. Request to 313131. Or decision. Text decision to 313131. Right? Thank you for reminding me. And we'd love to get in contact with anyone that is online right now. So let me just guide you in this prayer and know that this isn't it. This is the start of everything that God has. So if you want, just repeat after me. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus, your son, to die for me. I thank you because Jesus paid it all. I thank you because I am forgiven. I am restored. I have a new life in you. And I thank you for this. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on. Give it up for all of them. That's awesome. Yes.